welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. I am Jenny Scott here with my co-host, Dan, the man Duran. How you doing, Dan? I am happy to be here. Big smile on my face today. <laughs> I can see it. They can't see it, but I can see it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for being with me, Dan. We have an awesome topic today. We're talking about small groups, large group training, which format is best for you. And this, this is actually something that is really dear to my heart because I've done a lot of large group training in my past. And then I work with sports teams. So I do a lot of group training now. Um, it's really, really fun when you do it correctly. Um, but we have a really interesting guest with us from a great company, great organization that does a lot of group training. We have Amy Mack from Camp Gladiator. Hello, Amy. Hi, how are you guys? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Now, you had the honor of meeting Dan um, a couple weeks back, right? Yes, we got to meet in Austin at our headquarters. Very cool. Dan got to go through one of your workouts. Dan, tell us what happened. <laughs> well, it, it was a great workout. And and uh, I'm just going to put a plug in for, for CG, for Camp Gladiator. Uh, we had the opportunity to spend uh, some time with them. Uh, in in Texas, and the organization leadership uh, of which Amy is a part of is phenomenal. So that was the best part, even though the workout was great. The best part was the team. So I've just got to put that plug in because they're just a great group of people. Uh, but the, the workout was great. Uh, I am not used to being coached or trained anymore. Um, I'm, I'm at a place in my life where I kind of train myself. So trying to keep up and, and making sure that, you know, I didn't look like the old man out there. Uh, and in fact, trying to compete with Andrew, our CEO, who decided to carry dumbbells when he was running backwards. And so I did the same thing. Uh, the next time it got a little competitive out there. Uh, it was a great workout. I had a great time and it was dark still. So we got to see the sun come up at the end. So great experience and a phenomenal coach. Can't remember the guy's name. Uh, His name's AJ Mays. Yeah, that guy's something else. So top-notch coach. Yeah. Great experience. Awesome. Well, we're, I'm super excited to learn more about the large group format that you guys do, but Amy, tell us about yourself. Um, how'd you get started in fitness and how'd you get to where you are now with Camp Gladiator? Well, like a lot of trainers, I think I started off in fitness from the time I could walk. So my dad played collegiate basketball. So I had a basketball in my hand. I was playing soccer. I was doing all the sports. I was a multi-sport athlete all the way through high school when really track and field grabbed me kind of midway through high school as my sport. And so I went on to run at a high competitive level in the 100 meter, 200 meter triple jump. Um, college coaches tried to turn me into a heptathlete and I just can't hurdle to save my life. Um, I think you're supposed to skip the hurdle and I try to jump as high as I possibly can over the hurdle. And so uh, once I realized that uh, collegiate track and field was probably not going to be 
um, really fun for me anymore. Um, I decided to just transition out of track and more into fitness. And that's where I really became involved with the weight room, learning how to lift properly, learning how to run longer than 200 meters, which was very stressful for me because I thought, okay, in the real world, there are no, you know, Thanksgiving day, 200 meter turkey trots. They are <laughs> like, there's like a marathon, a half marathon, a 5k, some triathlons. And if you don't run those, you look weird, right? Like go, like I'm going to go for a sprint today. Like just don't, you know, grownups don't do that. Now <laughs> I do live near a track and I do go out and I still run, but I will say that I had to morph out of being <laughs> a track athlete into a, um, into a runner. And then I got pretty good at running. So then I became a running coach. And so all through my, really my twenties, um, I was a high school coach and teacher. I coached and taught track and field at the, at the high school level for five years. And then I just knew something was missing. I knew that I love coaching and I love people. Um, but, and, and to say this in the nicest way possible, I'm worth more than my teacher's salary. I really felt yeah. that I thought I'm educated. I have a master's degree. I'm, I'm really good at what I do. My last year coaching and teaching, I took 26 girls to the state track meet. So I knew what I had was worth something. And so I thought I'm going to go find that. So I did that in the way that most trainers don't know anything. So I got a job at a local gym thinking this is my path. And I will say it was one of the best um, educational experiences to work for a gym because you learn so much. Gosh, I learned about cold sales. I learned about referral sales. I learned how to train on the floor, how to men, how to find a mentor. So I want to say my experience in that gym setting was really phenomenal for where it got me to today. Um, and it was in that place that I met Allie Davidson, the founder of Camp Gladiator, who brought me to where I am now. So uh, when I was getting out of the teaching profession, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but a really good friend of mine suggested, uh, this is going to also sound interesting. She said, hey, you're a really good coach. Why don't you go become a certified personal trainer and train all the rich ladies in Dallas and they'll pay you a lot of money to come to their house and train them. And I was like, what a great idea. <laughs> So I um, started marketing myself as a high-end personal trainer, and I started booking in-home appointments for what I would consider now ridiculous money. I don't know why anybody should pay a trainer that much. I think trainers should be as affordable as going and doing a lot of other things, but that's how I made my mark. And um, I had a really great clientele. I've, I've been able to work with so many clients in the one-on-one -on -one setting, family setting, partnership setting, buddy training, all of those things. But it was really when Allie approached me about coming to take a look at Camp Gladiator that I started taking a look at group fitness in a different way. So I had picked up a few um, athletic training, some of the Les Mills style training at the gym just for fun because I wanted to get my coaching in. And then when she took me out to this huge park, this huge field in the middle of Dallas, and she had us warm up and she put us on the line and told us to sprint against our neighbors, I took off and I went, oh, this is what we're missing. This is what I'm <laughs> waiting for as an adult to show back up. I don't have to run a 5K anymore. Yep. And so for me, I thought track is back. Track is happening. 
but it's in the form of this, what we called back then, boot camp. And so what we knew as boot camps in 2018 were scary, military, get down on the ground and give me 20 kind of stuff. Yeah. And really what Ali brought to the table and what, what brought me on board and what made me super excited is it took me as my athlete and put me back in an athletic training entity without having to join some adult level league, right? So you can join a kickball league or you can join a softball league. There's, there, there's nowhere to join like a workout league, right? Like the, where does that even exist? And so with Camp Gladiator, I came out there and looked around and thought, this is what I need to be doing. And then when she told me how much she charged a month and how many people were showing up, I very quickly did the mental math and I thought, hmm, this girl's working three hours in the evenings a week and bringing in X dollars. I'm in the wrong business. And so very quickly, I shifted my focus to think, Rather than how many one-on-one -on -one clients can I train in a day and earn that hourly rate, which is awesome, right? Yeah. How can I then take groups of people, put them together, charge them a much lower monthly rate and still get the same workout with the same caliber of trainer that's more convenient to them and they get to work out with me more. And so that's really where my, my training and Camp Gladiator's kind of group setting came together and married together the opportunity of working smarter, not harder, but also being able to share my talent and my professional training level with the masses. Rather than you having to drop $150 an hour with me every time you wanted to see me, it doesn't cost $150 for three months to train with me now. So it's a, you get the same trainer for way less amount of money. And you figured out what most people in life need to figure out is how to work less and make more. Yes, I I jumped on that train. My dad was <laughs> an entrepreneur. My mom's in real estate. So I understand the art of subscriptions, of making money. Hi, baby. Uh, making money. My daughter just walked in. Uh, the art of making money and also um, being able to train more people and make a bigger impact on lives. This is my daughter, Annalie. Can you say hi? All right, go, go. <laughs> Coming at you with another rapid review. Lauren from Texas had a lot to say. She said the nutrition specialist exam was thorough and concise. I love the self-paced attributes of ISSA. I feel knowledgeable and ready to give nutrition advice. The sections made me want to know more. I would recommend this program to anyone who has a full-time job, but just loves fitness. Thanks, Lauren. Okay, we were, I think we were talking about, oh yeah, walking out on the field and just really understanding that I could train more people in which the mission of Camp Gladiator is to positively impact the physical fitness and ultimately the lives of as many people as possible. So once I realized training 12 people a day is good, but training 120 people a day is amazing. And so being able to kind of translate that experience from more is not overkill, more is more. And I, I think in our environment today, we're learning that that's possible to do more in less time without stressing yourself out more. Absolutely. Yes. So when you're training groups, how do you differentiate between what somebody would call a small group and a large group if somebody wants to get into group training? Uh, okay, so we have an official line in Camp Gladiator. So I'll go off that because I think that's what I've been living off of for about 13 years. What I call small group training and what we do at CG is four or less, okay. four people. 
And I think that's the perfect small group because from a finance, from a cost perspective, if you're running a 45 minute or an hour session, which are my two session, you know, durations, 45 or an hour, if you've got four clients sharing one hour, that's $25 a client and you're making hundred dollars an hour. And as a trainer, that is a great hourly rate. I think, you yeah. know, I think unfortunately Trainers have kind of shot themselves in the foot, really lowering the price point down to these $25 and $30 sessions, which is mm-hmm. they're trying to get clientele. And I understand. And I think that's great. But imagine making $100 an hour and you're able to do that two, three times a day. If you can do that at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., you've made $300 before the sun's come up, right? Yep. That's that small group setting, which I still do. I, As a Camp Gladiator franchise owner, I still do small group training in my downtime or in my off time. So that is still available to us and me as a trainer. Anything five or more, we say at that point, you can't partner them up. They can't be buddied up, right? Five or more is what we consider large group training. Even though to some people that may still feel like small group. Some people say small group is 12 or less or whatever and less. And and, and the numbers are different for anybody and kind of what their comfort level is. I just know my eyes can't really be on more than four because I can scan and watch and really get in there with them and they can get that dollar amount. Whereas five or more, I might as well put them on a larger circuit, right? I might have one running a quarter mile. I might have one doing walking lunges. I might have one going here. And that's more of that kind of high intensity interval outdoor, if you want to call it boot camp, high intensity interval training, whatever you're calling it, five or more is my personal, you know, kind of distinction between large group versus small group. And I was going to ask you too. Yeah. I was going to ask you too, like, how would you change the workout then from, from four? Cause I've done that too, where it's just three or four people so much easier than yeah. Eight, 20, I used to have 40 people in my classes when I coached at orange theory, but um, like, how do you guys change the type of exercise that they're doing? Yeah. So um, as far as the types of exercises, so one, I am not ever going to put a large group into any heavy load equipment settings. And so if I've got four that, and I'm Olympic lift certified. So that is when I can start doing barbell work. That is when I can start doing more equipment based workouts in a stationary area where I can watch your form. I can see, are your knuckles turned this way or this? I mean, just those tiny little changes and it becomes more of a small group personal training. I think the word personal is very important in that statement versus group training. You're still getting me as a certified personal trainer, but if I have 20, 30, 40, I've trained 70 people in a group setting. If I've got that many people, what I'm looking for at that point in time are gross movements, making sure that everybody is at least doing it properly to the point where they're not going to injure themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're going to show up to this group environment and you're going to want to make sure that they are getting in a dynamic stretch. You're going to want to make sure that they're getting mobility in. you're going to want to make sure you're giving them instead of rep ranges that I can sit and watch every single person hit the appropriate rep range. I'm giving them time ranges. And so I'm not like, okay, guys, we have 12 pushups followed by 12 squats followed by 12 this. No, guys, we're going to do pushups for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. We're going to do pushups for or we're going to do lunges for 30 seconds. We're going to do sit-ups for 30 seconds. And when the time is up, I'm going to blow my whistle and we're all going to jog down and back. That way, 
everybody's moving as one cohesive group. And if you've got, and I, I love to use two of my, you know, my clients that I have out there as examples. I've got Desmond Reed, who played for the Seattle Seahawks and the USC, you know, Trojans. If I've got him out at my workout in that 30 second rep range with a 30 pound weight vest on, he might get 22 pushups in. He might even get 22 power pushups in. Whereas someone who is brand new to fitness, needs to lose 40 pounds, hasn't worked out in a decade, shows up and I have them doing push-ups on a wall. And they may get six wall push-ups in the same amount of time Desmond does 21, but they're working for that 30 second range. So that I'm then training appropriate fitness levels both sides of the way, so that I'm not one, boring Desmond, or two, over-challenging or injuring my new client that really needs a little bit more special attention. So we're really working more on timed ranges and less on rep ranges in those larger group settings. That makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Amy, when, when I was in the, the gym world, uh, one of the things that I encouraged and I loved was having a trainer, a coach who could do one-on-one, -on -one, they could do small group, they could teach group X. I mean, the bonus was, uh, and I had a couple that could do Pilates and cycling also because they would... They would move members around the gym. They'd move them from a small group program to a, a cycling, uh, you know, class, and and they were always connected. And it they were always hugely successful. But I found that pretty rare. It, it was folks were either more comfortable in a one on one setting, and they started to get a little uncomfortable when it went beyond two. Uh, others were most comfortable in a group setting, like a group exercise class, 20, 30 people, and they became uncomfortable in a one on one setting. Can you talk a little bit about the differences in coaching personality and how one might go about, you know, uh, spreading their wings and maybe stepping away from one or the other? So I'll start with the one I feel comfortable with, which is going from group to one-on-one. -on -one. So I went from managing 250 kids in a trap program, all right? Wrangling and herding cats is easier than 250 kids in a varsity and junior varsity track program. But really what I have found to be a successful group instructor, and not 10, I'm talking the big groups, 50, 60, 70 teams of people, is you have to have a really big commanding personality. Now that does not mean, I get this question a lot, Amy, I'm not an extrovert, I'm actually an introvert. I learned something very interesting about the difference between an extrovert and an introvert. It has nothing to do with how you act in a setting, a social, a social setting. It has everything to do with how you refuel. So as an extrovert, you get refueled by being in the mix of everything. And as an introvert, you get refueled by retreating. But an introvert or an extrovert can have a big, bold, commanding presence. It doesn't matter, you can be both personality styles, because believe you me, if every CG trainer was like me and Allie, we would all die of exhaustion because <laughs> we would just wear you out with craziness. Right. But then I take a look at what we call like, like AJ Mays, right. He's got a very different personality. Then you've got Todd Bradshaw. You've got all these trainers who are so distinctly different yet we are managing 50, 60, 70 people in settings, and it's because we are commanding and we know how to control a group. And also a, a lot of it is voice. It is, can you speak from your diaphragm and can you command a group to stop, turn, pay attention and do what you're doing in that moment? 
So that is something that I had to learn is going from that big group setting down to one-on-one. I didn't need to talk to everybody like this, right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones. I wasn't yelling at you. I was just letting you know we were getting started, you know. <laughs> learning that um i could tone it down a little and um speak in a more conversational tone which i have found one-on-one is a lot more conversational one-on-one is a lot more mental coaching at the same time physical coaching where when you're in a big large group it's a lot of really lots of physical coaching with those tiny little one-on-one mental touch points as you're weaving your way through your class And so it's understanding where to put the emphasis on which style you're training. Small group, it's lots of mental working on the physical versus large group, lots of physical with small mental touch points through the class. And I think that's a good distinguishing factor between those two. Yeah, I think you make a point with keeping the mental touches really small because when I used to train big groups of like 40 to 50 people in a small room, mind you, indoors, yeah, it was more like entertaining. There's music going. They're more concerned about what the people next to them are doing. And if you're like too much on people, like too much nitpicky, it's too much for a lot of people. So you have to keep it like precise and uh, concise with what you're saying. So funny story, back in the early years of CG, um, I got the reputation of being called the bulldog. And I got a complaint one time that Amy was being mean at camp. Amy, me, I was being mean. <laughs> so we don't have a habit of telling where our complaints come from. It's all 100% anonymous. But I got so, I'm like, who am I mean to? And I finally convinced Allie to tell me who the complaint was from, only so I could talk to this person and say, hey, how can, and I walked up. And I pulled her aside and I said, I heard that you think I mean, I am so, so sorry. She goes, oh, no, no, no. You're not mean to me. You just yell at Joe a lot. (laughs) I I know Joe pulled me aside and said, Amy, can you yell at me more? It makes me go faster. So someone (laughs) that with me saying I was mean for yelling at someone who asked me to yell at him more. Nice. And you look like the sweetest little thing too. I know everybody can't see you, but you look like Sandra Bullock to me, like with blonde hair. You're just like bubbly and cute. And like, I would be, if if I was with you, I'm six feet tall. I'm very imposing. So people think that I'm scary and then they meet Uh me and they're like, she's a goober. Oh, oh, people, people say all the time, oh my gosh, you're not anything like I thought you were. And I'm like, what did, what did you think I was? They're like, well, you're, you're you're kind of hardcore when it really comes down to it. And I'm like, okay, be a little sillier, be a little funnier. <laughs> what I think what I, the description I had, and, and you can vouch for this, Amy, I think within just a few hours of meeting you, I said, we're going to get you on a podcast. Yes, it's just can. a big personality, which is so important in, in, like you said, you know, in, 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 for lack of a better word, commanding, but uh, commanding the, the groups and, and keeping everybody engaged is having that personality that, that people want to be around. And uh, that's definitely you. And I was like, oh yeah, we've got to get her on the podcast. Well, I was really honored because when you guys came into town and they asked me to lead that presentation of the history of Camp Gladiator and what our growth had looked like, I really love storytelling. And when I'm out in a big group setting, such as I'm thinking about my, my workout last night, where my classes all show up and they're all there and really training a large outdoor group is telling a story. 
You know, you're setting up the stage, you're telling them what they're going to do, you're telling them how they're going to feel, you're telling them what muscles they're going to be working. And then while they're doing it, you tell them what they should be feeling in that exact moment. And if they're not, how they can fix it. And then at the end, they live happily ever after, right? And, so when you're <laughs> and like, no one died. Yeah, you know, and I find myself really like composing a story out there when your athletes are working out because there is, you know, the middle, the warm up, and then you've got, you know, like the climax of a movie or a story, you've got that part in your workout where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, everything's good. And so really being a good storyteller is key to being a great outdoor trainer. I say outdoor, large group trainer because you have to keep the people engaged for that entire hour. Cause if not, they're, if they're, oh, squirrel. Oh, there's a car that drove by. Oh, right. this happened over there. And if they don't, because when one, when they're one-on-one they're locked in on you, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, they can't go anywhere when you're one-on-one cause you're like a hawk. <laughs> so what are some of the pros and cons speaking of between one-on-one small group and large group? What are some of the pros and cons for the actual client? Like what okay. would make them pick one over the other? So for the actual client, which I do have some one-on-one clients, what they love is the individual attention to every single thing happening in their body through every single exercise rotation. So when I have a client and she comes to me with very specific deficiencies such as, or muscle imbalances, I can identify those right off the bat and I can then prescribe a workout program specific to her, her wants, her desires, her goals, and her needs. And then we track that on a regular basis through our paperwork, through our testing, through our, all the things we're going to do for that client. Right. And I can show her eight weeks later, Hey, look at what you've done. Here's your personal progress. That's what a one-on-one client is going to get out of a trainer in that one-on-one setting. Then you go to small group. Um, let's just say if I'm able to go a hundred percent that way with a one-on-one client, break that up into how many people I'm only probably going to be able to give you 25% of that. If we're training in a small group, I'm going to be able to watch your shoulder retraction while you're doing this, but I'm not going to be able to watch your toes turning out on your squat over here at the same time. It's physically impossible to watch them both at one time. Now I can scan and pick it up a lot quicker and I'm going to be able to say, good job, Mary, here we go, Joe, and be able to kind of work that in but that individual attention for very specific needs is probably going to lose some of its luster in that small group training. Mm-hmm. Then when you take it to large group training, you're going to almost lose 80% of the individuality of it. You're still going to have 20% because as a trainer, I'm going to be able to see, do you need to do air squats? Do you need to do weighted squats? Do you need to do jump squats? Do you need to do weighted jump squats? There's four different levels that we could even go there. Or better yet, you can't do squats at all, so you've got to do a good morning, right? So which one of those are you going to be able to perform? And then I, as your trainer, remember that, and I know because you come to me on a consistent basis, that I'm going to be 20% of the time, I'm going to be like, how's your squat feeling? I know your knees were kind of funky last week, right? So I'm going to remember that, but I've got to remember that 140 times because that's how many clients I'm running on any given day. And so you're going to lose the individuality, but you're not going to lose the training, if that makes sense. But when you take a look at what you're going to pay me for an hour, my, my, my one-on-ones are going to pay me hundred to 120. You're getting $120 worth of focus. Yeah. When you go small group, you're going to get $25 worth of focus in that hour. And when you go camp gladiator, which ranges anywhere from 
39 to $79 a month, depending on which membership you have, you're going to get $6 worth of focus, right? And so even though it's the same trainer, and if after one of my large group workouts, somebody comes up to me and says, Amy, my wrist was feeling kind of weird and something, I'm going to stop and take that moment and give them that one-on-one -on -one personal attention, but it's not going to be an hour of one-on-one -on -one personal attention, which they can then, if they choose to invest in that for their body, they can, but a lot of people budget constraints that time constraints that it's just a lot of different constraints when it comes to budget versus time versus investment and different different things like that that's that's what the client's going to get on that end of it from my personal experience i know we're uh, we're we're getting ready to wrap up here but uh, no we got to talk on that more. i know i could talk to you all <laughs> i could talk to you forever uh, no doubt about it especially in person um but, you know, talking about losing that, you know, the 80%, 20%, et cetera, in a larger group, talk briefly, if you would, about the importance of community and accountability in a group, though, because now, if I'm not mistaken, they're holding each other accountable. They're doing a yeah. lot of what you might do in a one-on-one. -on -one yeah, I mean, you're getting people complaining themselves. about you yelling at Joe. They're standing up for Joe. They're helping each other out. <laughs> I know. So that is the number one reason I push for the group workout. I don't care if I train you one-on-one, -on -one, you're still a member of Camp Gladiator. If I train you in small group, you're still a member of Camp Gladiator because I'm not going to one-on-one train you six days a week. I'm just not going to. Yeah. You're going to need to get your workout somewhere else besides me. But when you're in that, when you're in that community and when you're in that accountability moment, you aren't just showing up for yourself or your trainer. You're showing up because you told so-and-so on Friday you would show up and you would be there. And then better yet, as a trainer, working in a large group setting, luckily I do get to partner with Camp Gladiator. So I have the infrastructure and I have the technology to be able to with the, sh just like that, I can send a mass message to all of my clients asking them for specific feedback about something I need. Or I have the access to the technology to say, only send a text to people who showed up on Monday. Only send a text to people that showed up on Tuesday send a text to people who haven't showed up in 14 days. So then I can start individually coaching people through a mass communication, which one keeps their accountability higher. And let me tell you, social media is one of the best accountability buddies you can ever have because yeah. you don't want to miss the photo that happens at the end of the workout that you <laughs> tagged on so that everybody knew you showed up to it, you know? All right. and so, Really, yes, I am a trainer for Camp Gladiator, but really I am a very high level motivator, accountability coach and communicator with people to continue their fitness beyond that one hour that they're with me. Yeah, that, that photo at the end of class though can get people in trouble. I used to have yeah. a couple of newscasters at a local news station that would like take the day off because they were <laughs> sick <laughs> and oh, then no. they'd come work out and we'd be posting pictures and they're like, don't tag me in that, my boss sees oh. that. <laughs> Oh, I know. And then there's the people that message me like, you forgot to tag me. And I'm like, tag yourself. You were there. Yeah. It's, usually it's a lot of fun. And when people get to know each other and yeah, they come work out month after month with each other. It's a riot. Well, listen, I've trained this, these two young couples and I knew they knew each other, but I logged on to Facebook a couple days or a couple weeks ago and they're in Destin, Florida on vacation together. Without they you. never known each other before these group fitness classes. And so I'm sitting here, I'm like, Camp Gladiator makes people best friends. Hey, it's like a dating app. 
we met at Camp Gladiator. Oh, she's wagging her finger <laughs> at you. Happy, we're happy forever <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm happy if clients want to do that. I have determined that that is not a dating option for me. Yeah, no, don't I do don't it. Mean you. I don't mean you. <laughs> no, no, no. No, keep your eating space clean. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, However, awesome. there are any eligible? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Google her. It's too yeah. late. You already went down that road. <laughs> hey, I'm kind of cute today on the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, Amy, tell tell our listeners uh, how how they can learn more from you, follow you, learn more about uh, Camp Gladiator, uh, yeah. connect with you, and so forth. Absolutely. So I have the easiest email address in the entire world. It's Amy, A-M-Y, at campgladiator.com. It's so easy to remember. It's just me. I was the lucky first Amy, so I got that email. Also, you can follow me on Instagram, amymac2.0. That is my Instagram. You're going to see a little bit about fitness and a lot about my kids and my family and my new swimming pool that's going in. So you guys can follow (laughs) me on Instagram for not only fitness, but life. Um, And then if you're interested in Camp Gladiator, which I really hope that those of you who are ever interested in running outdoor group or virtual group fitness classes, Camp Gladiator is really the best avenue for you to have the support, the help the motivation, the accountability, the team to do that with on trainers. And I'm our national director of recruiting. And so you can reach out to me to learn more about that. I'd be more than happy to set up a face-to-face call with you, a Zoom call, get you on one of our national information sessions. You can always go to campgladiator.com to learn more. And we look forward, if you haven't been to one of our workouts, just uh, sign up for a free week and come check us out. Yeah. So if they're clients, they can definitely come work out with you guys. Are you guys actually a franchise too? We are. Yes, we are. Nice. So you guys can take this all over the country then. Nice. So if somebody's looking for a business opportunity. Business opportunity. If you are a trainer in, I'll, I'll, I'll plug some cities real quick. If you're a trainer in the Phoenix, greater Phoenix area, Oklahoma, South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. If you're in Nashville, if you are in West Texas, if you're in Chattanooga, Little Rock, Arkansas, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, give me a call because we're opening all those places in the next six months. And we really would love to bring on some fabulous trainers. And we teach trainers how to be business owners. So you're not working for Camp Gladiator. You are actually becoming a business owner with us. And we uh, support you with all the tools that you will need to be super successful. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Amy. It was an awesome blast talking to you. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Dan, any parting words for our listeners? I'm going to let you close this out. I, I always wait for that, that, that famous last phrase that makes me feel guilty. So fire it away there, Jenny. <laughs> All right, guys. It is with that we leave you. And then just remember, make good choices. We'll be talking oh. to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>